to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast uh, where we talk about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. Uh, I'm looking right now at my podcast, Becky. She's wearing a beautiful red sweater and her glasses. I think this Amazon $9 hoodie has actual holes in it so it's really not a nice red she's, sweater she's also wearing but it's one of those that you wear to, to go to the gym yeah because you don't care if it gets all gross and sweaty when you leave what are you fearing today becky fearing athletic wear for women really how funny tell me about it it's so difficult to find the right bra and dudes if you're out there listening or the one dude dan hi dan who listens to us <laughs> wait james listens to us oh james religiously listens to us okay oh didn't you have a friend justin who wanted us to argue more yes hi justin (laughs) justin listens to us and then a bunch of james's friends listen to see if i'm going to talk shit about james so they can rib him about it (laughs) okay so this is going to sound weird and i might have to cut this but when you have the boob size i do (laughs) athletic bras are really hard please don't cut that don't cut it keep it why because I like that. I, I'll talk about my boobs, too, and then we'll be like... Well, it's weird when you have larger boobs to talk about. It's like, somehow it feels more complainy, braggy if you have big boobs to complain about it. You know what I mean? I don't think so. Okay, good. Well, then, fuck me. Okay. I have problems. Go ahead. Oh, I hate sports bras. I, I have this opinion that men created all the sports bras because they've never had to pull on a, a wet Spanx over their head when they've finished working out to get it off of their double d's it's the worst and so i'm always trying to find bras that you don't have to pull up your head and that don't have super low cut because i don't want to be doing a plank and then everything is just showing to the whole world so i want a high bra i want it to be zip front or clasp in the back it supports a larger boob and i walked in a lululemon and I found it, and I think it might be my dream bra. That's great. Yes. But yeah. why does it have to cost a hundred fucking dollars? That's the thing. So, I mean, if the size of the boobs were going to affect the cost, my boobs, my, not my boobs, but my bras. <laughs> you know what? A Your lot boobs cheaper. would be cheaper than mine. Yeah, my boobs <laughs> should be cheaper than yours, but they're not. My boobs are also a hundred dollars or eighty dollars i hope this will make you feel better but i'll go work out with my trainer it'll be like really really hard workout but the hardest thing of my whole workout is taking my sports bra on and off okay maybe it doesn't have to be with bra sizes because no my trainer actually told me that because she's also a physical therapy aid that a lot of women that end up in physical therapy it's from taking their sports bra on and off like throwing their shoulder out (laughs) I believe it it's the absolute worst have you ever been trying to take it off and you're just like doing yogic breathing and you're like doing everything and you're like I'm just gonna have to leave it like with one boob hanging out for the rest and and get in the shower and do and just like leave it on whatever you dudes do that you when you're working out that makes you complain about life it is nothing compared to a sports bra for girls it is the absolute that is the most athletic thing you do any day of the week yeah so anyway invest in higher necked zip front and you get in your bathroom you take it right off and you don't dislocate your shoulder or pull your lats or whatever your lats i don't even know what lats I pull are my which, quad ones, from which ones are lats <laughs> i pull my calf from taking which ones are lats no i'm really serious is that these 
your lats are right here these are lats yeah. yeah so you don't pull your lats you laughed at me but I was right no you could pull your lats thank you okay probably not though <laughs> <laughs> so no. I'm terrified of sports bras I'm not as terrified of Lorna Dun Lorna what is it Lorna, Lorna Dune. Dune thank you you, you actually also have nice high necked bras for us with the larger, you know. Um, well, and you know what? Don't small breasted women have problems too. Like, I don't know how many times I've been at a bar when the pickup line from a guy is, I like women with small breasts. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a, that's oh, a, yeah. Line? That's, it's happened many times. I've been, and a guy will try a pickup line. Yes. By referring to your boobs? Yes. At a point in the conversation, we'll reference the fact that he either likes or quote unquote doesn't mind small breasts. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask you what you're <laughs> fearing because I'm about to do a promising young woman onto that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, usually my response is then you're not gonna be into me because they're not as small as they appear. <laughs> That's a good answer. I love that I answer. Really say that, yeah. Oh. Ladies, if anybody ever says that to you at a bar, just don't, don't, don't give them your number. Just don't engage. <laughs> just, that's gross. Dudes, don't do that. I actually, I'm going to reference my blog today, which I don't do on this show, but I'm doing it because it has to do with what we're talking about today. VeraciousVoyager.com. V-E-R, VeraciousVoyager.com. Because I have a whole blog on there. This one's for the guys about how to not be an asshole or a bro and a fucking creeper when you pick up a girl at a bar just here's what to do and what not to do trust me dudes <laughs> listen to me so marie yes what are you fearing today well i am fearing people's reaction particularly men's reaction to the movie a promising young woman now Ooh. i know i have only watched it <laughs> i have advanced knowledge that you didn't like it and well let's not go that far Okay, the, you weren't a huge fan, but we'll get into that because you got to You've got to slow your roll on that, or I'll blank out and I won't remember anything that I'm going to say. <laughs> For those of you who are just joining us, hello. Um, if I talk about a movie or a TV show I don't like, Marie goes into screensaver mode and, right. and, and makes no long-term memories from that point exactly. forward. <laughs> it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge problem. Yeah. So it's funny because I, I think it's just because. I grew up in a very conservative Christian family and I mean I was a young Republican and very much identified as a Republican for a long time in my life and so for a long time I would reject the label feminist and I think this is a common thing amongst certain women just not wanting to accept that label and I've come to terms with that over the years that I am a feminist and what it means to be a feminist. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I think some people have taken it too far and maybe go into the realm of man-hating, but I'm certainly not a man-hater. I love men. I have a lot of men that I love in my life, but it's still something in the, and I think it's probably a way that our culture controls women, that whenever women assert themselves, they get labeled as a bitch or a man-hater or whatever. And a lot of those feelings were brought up for me when I watched the movie, A Promising Young Woman. And in particular, the reason, I mean, I was always going to watch it, but I mentioned in the previous episode that 
inexplicably my father-in-law bought the movie and watched it and yeah my brother-in-law mentioned that he thought he bought it because of a national review article about the movie and then while James and I were driving back to Los Angeles I pulled up the national review article and I I flew into an absolute rage and I don't think the article tainted my view into liking the movie because I'm gonna like a movie or not like it based on its merits but I was certainly watching the movie thinking about the points that this reviewer made and it was making me angry and Hmm. so for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar there's a movie it's nominated for some academy awards it's called a promising young woman it stars carrie mulligan who i absolutely adore she's a phenomenal actress man she's phenomenal phenomenal. and there's just something about her her charisma that i like i've always liked her and and honestly in a way she is a feminist icon if you look at the the movies that she's chosen to star in and the roles that she's played she takes a lot of risks and this is a risky movie as well sorry to interrupt she's one of those actresses that I appreciate watching because she's so intelligent that you look in her eyes and, and and you can see the depth of intelligence there. I mean, that's a superpower as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Um, but just to give it to you in a nutshell, we were having a, a dinner table conversation about the movie because nobody else was aware of the movie. This is a kind of a small movie. And they were like, what is it about? And I said, well, I haven't seen it, but I've read stuff about it. And it's a classic rape and revenge film. I'm like, this is a genre where someone gets raped and then they exact revenge. I'm like, in terms of how their revenge is exacted, I'm not sure. I said, I do know the the movie itself is meant to be kind of a farce or satirical. So it's not going to be for everybody. It's definitely an art film. And if you take it literally, that's not the way to go. So by the way, spoiler alert, Just so y'all know, we're going to talk about that movie and we're going to talk about beginning, middle, and end. So if you don't want to know. (laughs) Stop stop listening right now. Go watch the movie and then come back if you want. And ladies and gentlemen, trigger alert as well. I will put it on our website in the description for the show. Trigger alert, content warning. We're going to talk graphically about sexual assault, especially those related to college and parties and acquaintance rape. Right, right. But when we had this conversation, I said, a rape and revenge movie. And someone said, well, sort of a rape. What? I was like, what? Sort of a rape? I, again, I hadn't seen the movie. So I'm like, well. Had this person seen the movie? Yes. You are shitting me. I think some men are confused when they see this movie. I want to start with some of the comments made in this National Review article. And the National Review is... For those of you who don't know, is a super conservative magazine. So just bear that in mind. Here we go. So watching the rape revenge fantasy Promising Young Woman is a grueling experience, but not for the reason intended. The film is built on the enduring urban legend that legions of college women are getting gang raped on campus by men who suffer no repercussions whatsoever. Are you, can you stop right there? I think my head is going to explode. Are you being serious? This was Yes. So I'm telling you, this is going to explode. The title of the article is A Sad Feminist Cry for Help. That's the title. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Here we go. Never mind that such a crime is an exceedingly rare occurrence and that even a diligent Rolling Stone reporter couldn't find a single instance of it after calling many elite schools and specifically soliciting harrowing stories along these lines. 
And never mind that campus justice system and the media are so heavily stacked against men accused of rape that some have found their lives upended over obviously false charges. Written and directed by Emerald Fennell and starring the always superb Carrie Mulligan as a seeker of vengeance, Promising Young Woman is therefore an issue movie about an almost non-existent issue. Horrific gang rapes are assumed to be routine on college campuses across America, yet like those no Irish need apply signs that supposedly poisoned a previous generation, evidence is elusive. As does the culture at large, the movie pursues with a blithe lack of awareness that Rolling Stone's 2014 story, A Rape on Campus, turned out to be fictitious. There is an issue involving young women, sex, and campus, but the movie, like the culture, refuses to confront it. And then the article goes on to basically say that the real issue is men being falsely accused of rape. <laughs> I, I can't tell if you're frozen by the internet or if you're who's the author of that article kyle smith hey kyle smith here's what you do i want you to go down the street and i want you to fuck yourself i want you to turn left and fuck yourself <laughs> then i might allow you to turn left and come back this way and fuck yourself again <laughs> marie i i wasn't i didn't know you were going to go there with this episode i i thought we were going to talk about the movie we are going to talk about the movie we are going to talk about the movie because like i want to read you one more review are you trying to give me a stroke no i'm not trying to give you a stroke so look i could read lots of reviews but there was a bit of a controversy with variety magazine and i think the one where he referenced her looks yes so a freelance critic by the name of dennis harvey wrote a review of the movie and i just want to read you this section that people are upset about so in his review harvey says margot robbie is a producer here and one can perhaps too easily imagine the role might have once been intended for her whereas with this star casey wears her pickup bait gear like a bad drag queen even her long blonde hair seems like a put-on um essentially he's saying margot robbie would have been more realistic in the role i guess because she's hotter (laughs) okay he keeps trying to explain what he was trying to say so then he told the guardian this is the author robbie is a producer on the film and i mentioned her just to underline how casting contributes to the film's subversive content a star associated with a character like harley quinn might raise very specific expectations but mulligan is a chameleon and her very stylized performance keeps the viewer uncertain of where the story is heading between you and me i'm going to edit this out i thought she was miscast i love her her performance is spectacular but i think somebody else would have done the the role better you don't have to edit that out you can say she's miscast but it's not because of her looks like no this is a complete myth that oh well I mean, people were raping Margot Robbie because she's so hot. That's super right. realistic. Right, right. That yeah. only the hottest of the hot get raped or something. Right, right. or that, right. well, Carrie Mulligan, I mean, there's also maybe this implication that, well, Carrie Mulligan is like not that hot and, and she's like really smart. So why would she drop out of med school and like start doing this? Cause she wouldn't need to do that. Because I don't know. It's The point is, from the very beginning of the movie, I, I was like completely drawn in. Like with the opening sequence of the movie is 
something you've never seen in a film before. So you always see shots in films where they zoom down onto women's crotches and breasts as they're dancing and go in slow motion. But this movie, as kind of a nod to that, the opening is guys pelvic thrusting at a at a bar. Right, 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 right. And I love terrible this. dancing, terrible, terrible dancing, dancing, gross, completely objectifying men. And it was like setting the tone for what was going to be kind of a farce, drawing attention to, and and by the way, after I say this, we could end this episode. Sober guy, drunk girl, you can't have consent. <laughs> okay, well, now we're done. Now we're done. Let's talk about our uh, let's life. Call, let's call our friend Kyle Smith at National <laughs> Review and tell him that. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like so many movies objectify women treat women like they're liars like they're sluts all the stuff one movie that i've seen in a long time is calling out men for a very specific boorish piggish behavior and guys can't handle it they're Mm -hmm. not sure if a rape really happened or like in the case of this guy kyle smith there wasn't a gang rape in the movie what movie was he watching i don't know a single person raped another single drunk person. Now there were people watching, but that's not a gang rape. And I don't think anybody's claiming that gang rape on college campuses is rampant. I would say that if you look at the statistics that rape on college campuses is rampant. But the statistics also bear out that it's just a few dudes doing all the raping. Yeah. And no one's saying that all the dudes are doing the raping. Exactly. Just a few dudes doing all the raping. And actually, I don't think the movie is trying to say that all men are rapists. No. I think the movie is trying to say that just like a girl's hotness doesn't make her a rape victim, a guy's perceived niceness or how they look doesn't not make them a rapist. And I also think that there's guys that I know that don't worry about this issue. They don't worry about being falsely accused of rape. And I think partly because they're not doing stuff that would put them in danger of being accused of rape. So I think a lot of times, sorry to say, not sorry to say, that guys that get their hackles up over this, it just makes you wonder. Like, can't we all agree that if you're sober, and a woman is passing out drunk. And that's what I love about this movie. The movie narrows the focus. I do think the director narrows the focus onto guys specifically targeting women who are drunk to have sex with. And this is a gray area for some guys. Okay. I went out on a date with a guy in New York, a couple of dates. And one night, it was like me and him, another guy, and a girlfriend of mine. And we were just like hanging out in his basement. And the subject came up of drunk girls. And both of the guys said that they would have sex with the drunk girl to their dates. And um, I'm thinking like, it's so common that they don't even mind saying that to someone they're on a date with. When I was in college... I was involved in a conversation where a guy said, and this isn't even drunk, this is just flat out rape, that if he drove out into the middle of nowhere to like a lover's lane with a girl, it was fuck or fly. Because that's the what only- What does that mean? He was saying, that's the only way she's getting home. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And then him and a couple of other guys laughed about it. So okay. 
And these are not people that you would go, oh, he's a rapist, you know? Because I think we treat guys the same way we treat girls in that way. Like, why would this guy need to rape? He's so handsome. Or, like, you know how motherfucking tired I am (laughs) of people saying that word need. I don't need to rape. Right. That makes me want to punch someone in the dick. And I'm sorry. All of our guy listeners, James, Justin, Dan, <laughs> those are the only three I know. But if you ever, ever use that phrase around me, I do not know how I will react. So I could, <laughs> yeah, if I wanted to just like challenge Mr. Smith, I could just, I know of a ton of examples of actual cases in high school and college where gang rapes have occurred on a regular basis. The issue is like something like 85% of women don't report it. And it it makes total sense, right? And well, the funny thing about it is I was, when I was going through researching for this, this one article popped up and I'm like, holy shit, this is the movie, right? So this article is from the Washington Post March 26th of 2021, so very, very current, the Minnesota Supreme Court unanimously ruled in the case of Francois Kali that it's not rape if somebody voluntarily got drunk. So I'll read the exact story to you here. Oh, good. And by the way, this was a six to zero unanimous decision. So On the evening of the alleged assault, the woman went to a bar in Minneapolis Dinkytown neighborhood with her friend, but the bouncers refused to let her in because she was clearly drunk, according to court records. That's when Kali and two other men allegedly approached the woman and her friend and invited them to a party. Kali drove the woman to a house in northern Minneapolis. The friend later testified that the woman immediately laid down on the couch and fell asleep. When the woman woke up and Khalil was raping her, she told him she did not want to have sex, court records say, but he said, you're so hot and you turned me on. The woman lost consciousness and woke up between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. with her shorts around her ankles, she testified. So after this, she went to the hospital, got a rape kit, four days later, filed charges against him. He went to jail and up until this point, the courts have ruled in favor that he should go to jail he should go to jail but i guess the way the law is worded the supreme court said if you voluntarily get drunk then i guess people can rape you yeah i read about this case and i read the 6-0 decision was not voluntary and by that i mean the judges were upholding the ridiculous statute that the legislature of that state had passed right that said that only if he intends to get her drunk or if he did something to get her intoxicated, then it's rape. What they did in effect was say that if she gets drunk on her own, it's open season. Any guy who wants to fuck her while she's passed out or is unable to give consent. Hey guys, she's right there. Let's all line up. She got herself drunk. Right. It's maddening. It's maddening. It's maddening. But other states, like New York now, is looking into changing that loophole. A lot of states have that loophole. And it's just interesting because I have heard men voice that they would have sex with a drunk woman. 
and not all men, but some men that I wouldn't suspect. Okay. Okay. What we're talking about is a woman who gets drunk and a dude who makes the decisions for her when she would not have wanted to fuck him. Exactly. Just in response to the idea that sexual assault on college campus is like a fiction, right? Mm -hmm. The American Addiction Center's alcohol.org has stats on this. 20 to 25% of women will be sexually assaulted in college. Men are also victims of sexual crimes. Nearly 90% of these are juveniles under 17. 99% of sexual perpetrators are male. For more than 12% of completed rapes, the victim is on a date with the perpetrator. This is also true for 35% of attempted rapes. Students in sorority houses and on-campus living are more likely to be victims of sexual assault. Students in fraternities are more likely to perpetrate sexual assault than non-fraternity men. And male college athletes in aggressive sports were shown to be more likely to use sexual coercion. Uh, At least 50% of students' sexual assaults involve alcohol. Approximately 90% of rapes perpetrated by an acquaintance of a victim involve alcohol. 43% of sexual assault events involve alcohol used by the victim. 69% involve alcohol used by the perpetrator. In one-third of sexual assaults, the aggressor is intoxicated. The article goes on to say that there is a culture on college campuses that kind of has this idea that we venerate these certain men on campus and we don't want to run their lives, you know, over... Brock Turner comes to mind. Yeah, over an incident. But I think that my professor at Texas Tech said it best because we were talking about rape in the context of a book we were reading and a guy was like, immediately, what about false accusations? And her response was, as long as women can't walk home at night without fear of being raped, then the burden men have to bear is false accusations. And that's how I would sum it up. And I think the movie almost acts like um, it's a wonderful life or any of those movies that have a symbol for each of the problems. So the first thing is the girl that knows the rapes are going on and knows how the guys are behaving in this particular group. Alison Brie. Yeah, she's great. So a lot of women take the stance of, well, it's happening to everybody, or at least it's not me, or they're enablers of some sort, and they don't stand up for other women. So that's the first point of revenge. Then the next point is, you know, the attorneys that turn a blind eye, they know what's happening, but they just go along with it. And then there's a school administration. Um, I mean, if your own daughter is going to be locked in a room with these guys, suddenly now you're a little concerned. Like for the most part, college campuses should not be arbitrating sexual assault cases. If someone is raped, that is a crime and the police should be handling it. Yes. And then the next level is all the bros, the bros that support the bros, right? I I can't imagine any man in my life walking in on a rape and not saying something or doing something. It's unfathomable to me. And then the last level is, without revealing the movie, the person that thinks they're a good person, but stayed silent. I think that the urban myth is that false accusations are the norm. That's the myth. I completely agree. 
But you know, one thing I believe that if someone says they're a victim of a crime, they should be given the same benefit of the doubt that the person who is accused is given. In other words, everyone should have a fair hearing. So I know the phrase that gets thrown around right now is the victim should always be believed. So if you say the victim should always be believed, then you're saying that if someone accuses a person, they're always guilty. I know that's not what the people who came up with it mean, but rhetorically, that's how people take it. So instead, women are usually not given the benefit of the doubt when they say they've been raped. They're usually made to feel like they've caused the rape. And they're usually the ones that are prosecuted. So what we're trying to do is change the scenario and say, everyone gets the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. Um, who's the comedian? I'm losing. Ooh, I don't know. Bill Cosby. Oh. So okay. this isn't always the case, but usually when there's smoke, there's fire. With a lot of these habitual rapists, there's lots of examples of women that come forward. You rarely have a circumstance where it's like, yeah, I just lost my mind one night and raped. And now I was like, that was bad, dude. I'm not going to rape anymore. That doesn't usually happen. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. You're you're a criminologist. No, the the reality is most of those rapes we're talking about are committed by a very small population of dudes. Right. Yes. But but I'm just saying, like, I don't think the movie is saying all men are rapists. Oh. It's saying that there are a handful of guys out there that see drunk women at bars as open season. Like, it's not a rape. All right, I've done a lot of talking. You. <laughs> Did you like the movie? Like, what grade are you giving the movie? I would give the movie a B plus. Really? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was wacky. It was satirical. I, I thought it was a really, really great way of framing the argument of consent. But I think the overriding point of this is a no-brainer that if somebody is passed out drunk, you can't have sex with them. I, I thought it was a brilliant way of making that argument. Well, I thought the idea of the, of the movie was better than the execution of the movie. I think the intention was there. If it was trying to be satirical, it wasn't satirical enough. Like, it seemed like it took itself too seriously for me to go, oh, okay, we're trying to do some broad comedy, drive the point home, which is a powerful rhetorical tool. This was just like, we're trying to be really serious. We're trying to be really, really realistic. And yet, you got McLovin over here and the cute boy over there. It's like, I don't know. It just, uh, I didn't, I thought the execution wasn't what I wanted it to be. And the ending was like a Lifetime movie. Those text messages. It was just like, really? I love my Lifetime movies. I'm not insulting Lifetime movies. (laughs) I can see that review. I, I, I definitely think that they made some artistic choices and like, Anytime you're trying to be satirical or funny, it's a lot of it is in the beholder of the Mm -hmm. sense of humor Mm -hmm. person. I have a very dark sense of humor. No, I know, but I think we also share a a close sense of humor, you know, with one another. So, have you seen Welcome to Dollhouse? How did you feel about that movie? Oh, I liked it back. I mean, I was was like 20 years ago, I saw it, it was good. That's a movie that I've shown to people and they don't want to be friends with me anymore. (laughs) They're like, really strong reaction to a movie. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) 
I have a sense of humor about everything. I, I really, there's nothing that's like off limits for me. There's nothing that offends me, but. Um, I don't think that a lot offends me. There's some things more so than you, but not a lot. You know, I mean, you know, this is the whole thing with comedy, you know, where you don't punch down. And I don't think that white dudes making race or rape jokes is funny. I think that's not good. Just shut your fucking mouth. But other than that, I mean, I think, you know, humor is humor and comedy is comedy. But as far as the movie, you know, and what it was trying to do, I think the weird part for me, somebody you said at dinner said, oh, supposed rape or partial rape or whatever. From the movie, it is so explicitly clear that this is a woman who is raped. There's a video of it. People are watching the video of it. I told you, spoiler alerts. It's so explicitly clear. So my problem is whoever it was that was saying, you know, a supposed rape or partial rape or rape light or whatever he said is at what point would it have become full rape? Would she have had to wake up and shove him and say no? Like, what are, what are we talking about? She's passed the fuck out. I, I do think some people, and maybe this is a problem with the movie. I don't know. I do think some people were confused. Like really? Maybe, maybe some people that were watching it thought that the stuff with Carrie was the supposed rape. And they weren't getting the the recording maybe that was too subtle but also i mean clearly the reviewer thought she was gang raped and i didn't i didn't, I didn't you, get that i don't think they watched i really think that they only half watched it i think they fast forwarded through it or something right they're they're watching it and they just tune out mentally that's what i'm saying like those descriptions were not accurate for the movie no i mean i've had arguments with people about movies um one particular argument was about the movie No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Tell me now if you didn't like it so I can get through this story. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so that, that, movie, so that movie is like an A. That movie is an A plus. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a conversation with somebody that hated the movie because it's not realistic because in real life, good always prevails over evil. What? Yeah. What real life is that person living in? So I think that there are a myriad of issues. So I would even say that like, <laughs> this is going to be a weird analogy, but okay, you just go with me for a minute. I love weird analogies. I know. So like when I was first in that phase where you're, you f- like you first have your period, right? You're junior high or whatnot. And my breasts were hurting really badly. And I went to my mother and I said, Every time I touch my breasts, it hurts really bad. My mom's solution. Do you know what her solution was? Don't touch your breasts. Exactly. Don't touch your breasts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Rosemary. (laughs) Yes. So take a Tylenol, have a hot bath. Don't touch your breasts. So I think that's everybody's solution to things they don't like. Right? So... I think if you talk to like the average dude that's not really tuned in to what's going on, they might be like, why do we need to talk about this? You know, or like, if you're not going out and getting drunk, then why do you need to worry about it? Right? That would be the response. If you're, oh. 
if you're behaving properly. When do I get to address that? I have all the thoughts. I- well, you can talk anytime you want, girl. I have so many thoughts. I have so many words. You're just short-circuiting. I'm, audience members, the reason why I'm vamping so much is because Becky is now the color of her shirt. <laughs> She's staring at me with this glassy-eyed look. Like like total rage i'm gonna put on my red riding hood hood (laughs) so i'm saying like why do why do people not want to address things like just saying definitively if a woman is passed out drunk it's rape if you have sex with her that's a simple one right it should be yes yes why it isn't is unclear to me i don't have an answer for that seems like a no-brainer to me so a few years, not a few years ago, easily 10, 15, 20 years ago. I don't even remember. A long time ago. But there was a case in San Diego of dudes who lived in this nice house and would have these parties. They would roofie all the girls who showed up and they would rape them. And you can look this up. I wish I thought of it before I would have. And if I find it, I'll put it on our website, fearthispodcast.com. And they would video all of their rapes of these women. And... The thing that, you know, the reason why it's called, you know, gay rape drug is it's the perfect thing for a rapist who has evil intentions coming in because you don't have a memory of what happened. You pass out and you don't remember what happened. Right. So it erases your memory. And so once they got found out that they'd been doing this for a series of all these many, many women, the police had to come in and watch these videos. Oh, my gosh. And the reason why they had to watch these videos was because they had to try and identify these women. That's awful. Many of whom didn't even know they were raped. Didn't know they'd been raped. So they would go to her and have to tell her that she had been raped. I've heard of this. And I read about the cops and how much it really affected these police officers. And one of them said this thing that stuck with me all these years. He said, You're watching a man have sex with a cadaver. She looks like she's dead. She cannot move. He is manipulating her legs and her arms to stick his penis inside of her body. It is horrific to imagine. This is an actual human laying there who doesn't know what's happening and won't remember it. But for him to get off on it when she is not even able to move is something that I cannot fathom. So when you ask the question of if she's passed out, how could he do this? I'm telling you, Marie, I cannot fathom this. To get turned on by someone whose eyes are closed for one thing, who doesn't respond, who is not capable of responding, who you have to move her limbs as if she's a cadaver. How are you getting off on this? How is this sexual, erotic, in any way? Explain that. I cannot. Yeah, I can't imagine. I've seen a couple of uh, true crime shows. There were like two Ukrainian brothers or something here in Los Angeles that were roofing women and taking them back to their house. And that happened. Mm. Um, and yeah, there were women that were being identified in tapes, just like you were saying, and the police were, you know, women would, would see themselves. Can you imagine? No. You know, It'd be hard. No. Yeah. It'd be no. Hard. Imagine. Yes. Think about that. Oh my God. You, you, like you and I go to a party and a year later, someone shows a video of a dude raping you. I can't. No, no. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I think that unfortunately 
even if you give women the advice of if you go to a party, go with friends, make sure you have people to protect you and watch how much you drink and all that. But, you know, people can put roofies in your drink. Things happen. I mean, I'm so tired of that, though. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so tired of us getting women advice about preventing rape. And by the way, I meant to say this at the beginning. I'm glad we're talking about this now because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. And so on our website, fearthispodcast.com, we're going to have some resources for you. And one of the best resources I've found was the um, National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And their website is awesome. And so if you have any issues, concerns, thoughts, have I, and do I know someone who, they're awesome. And so head to that, that website, by the way, if it's happened to you or someone, you know, there's all the resources you can click on. My friend was raped. I mean, it's great. And I'll throw this in again, in terms of preventing sexual assault. I mean, you, you just never know. Like there, there are examples where juries are like attacking women because they were sleeping in their home and got raped and wearing sexy underwear. Right. So people are going to make their judgments, but if you don't report the crime, even suffering the backlash and stuff, then no one can take action. And the longer I know, but I don't want to, I know, but I don't want to, I understand. I understand why they wouldn't. If you don't want to, that's fine. That's fine. I understand why they wouldn't. It's a personal choice. It's a personal choice for sure. And I don't, I understand the choice, but I, yeah. Anyway, I was thinking about the entertainment industry and how people get away with stuff in the entertainment industry with sexual assault and everything else. And at some point, the little people, and I include us in that, the people, the worker bees, the people that are getting abused have to band together and stand up for themselves. And I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy. And I understand why people wouldn't want to, especially in the Hollywood setting, you you know, you could get blackballed. But by all means, if you don't want to come forward for whatever reason, I totally respect that too. I'm just saying that in a, in a lot of ways, the more people that come forward, the more, because we're saying this isn't a lot of perpetrators, right? It's a handful of people that do it again and again. Yep. So as hard as it is, you might be that person that stops it from happening to another person. Yeah. So I'm going to read you a rape prevention checklist. Oh my gosh. This is going to make me mad. <laughs> no. I think you're going to appreciate it. Okay. All right. Okay. Hit me with it. This is from 9gag.com. And I'll put this page on our website. Ready rate prevention. Number one, don't put drugs in anyone's drinks. Number two, when you see someone walking alone, leave them alone. Number three, (laughs) if you pull over to help a person whose car is broken down, don't rape them. Number four, (laughs) if if you're in an elevator and someone gets in, don't rape them. Number five. When you encounter a person asleep, the safest course of action is to not rape them. Number six, (laughs) never creep into a person's home through an unlocked door or window or spring out at them from between parked cars or rape them. Number seven, (laughs) remember, people go to the laundry room to do their laundry. Do not attempt to molest someone who's alone in the laundry room. Number eight, use the buddy system. If it is inconvenient for you to stop yourself from raping someone, ask a trusted friend to accompany you at all times. <laughs> Number nine, carry a rape whistle. If you find that you are about to rape someone, 
blow the whistle until someone comes to stop you. <laughs> Number 10, don't forget, honesty is the best policy. When asking someone out on a date, don't pretend you're interested in them. Tell them straight up you expect to be raping them later. If you don't communicate your intentions, that person may take it as a sign that you do not plan to rape them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I thought you liked it. It's, yeah. it's perfect, right? Because so many rape prevention checklists are don't walk alone. Right. Don't have a ponytail, right? Right? That's like a thing. That's the thing? Don't ponytail. have a ponytail? Yes. Don't wear your hair in a ponytail because it's easy to pull back. Yeah. Well, I always have short hair, so I guess I never heard the ponytail thing. Uh, well, I like you could still hear it. <laughs> like, all this stupid advice like oh you know dark streets and have a buddy and like yeah. that? just dude stop raping people just don't <laughs> just don't rape people don't rape if you people. see someone passed out leave them alone it, it's such a simple solution i i completely agree so there was a psa it came from a contest but it's on my website voraciousvoyager.com and i'll put the link on our website too fearthispodcast.com but if you go to my website and you click on um, advice and relationships and one of them at the bottom of it has this video that is so powerful and it's so well done and the, the camera is focused on a girl passed out on a couch and there's a guy who comes into frame and he goes you see that over there you know what i'm gonna do to her and you're thinking oh my oh, lord help me he's like watch this look at what i'm about to fucking do and he gets a blanket and he puts it over her and then he leaves her alone and it's like that's what you do when a girl's passed out on your couch right you put a fucking blanket on her and you leave her the fuck alone yeah. i mean it's really really good because you're expecting it to go a different direction right. and there was right. some kids i think it was a contest from some university who's like we need a sexual assault psa and it was like it was really really powerful yeah yeah that's great i think we need to stop having the conversation of well, women need to do this and women need to do that and not want to address the real issue, which is sexual assault. And even in how we call it is confusing to people, right? I've, when I was in college, I wrote an article about this. I don't like the term acquaintance rape or date rape. Rape is rape. I think, let's just call it rape. I even think the term sexual assault is confusing. I think the first thing people ask Me when too. someone is sexually assaulted is were they raped and we use all this terminology to define types of rape and to whose benefit let's make it clear if someone can't consent and this is one of those things where i, I hear guys go well you gotta have a piece of paper signed now saying that she's agrees to i know i know shut up no you don't you don't if you wonder whether or not you should sign a piece of paper then don't have sex with her dude that's easy just yeah. move on with your life go yeah. do something else with your time Exactly. And I'm not saying that on occasion, women don't falsely claim things. I mean, there's all sorts of people that use all sorts of ways to exact revenge on people that they're upset with. No, it's like, here's the thing for me. False accusations and campus rape are two separate issues. And I'm, exactly. tired, of people, I'm tired of people talking about campus rape and rape and false accusations in the same sentence. Right. Or in the same stupid fucking article from Kyle fucking Smith, who needs to go fuck himself right. in the National Review. Right. Those two issues are not related. Right. I mean, people falsely claim all sorts of things. False accusations, false claims, rape or otherwise are a separate issue from rape. Yep. That's a separate conversation. 
right from whether or not somebody was raped and and i'm tired of it being not all men because the reverse of that and that hashtag from a couple years back is so right it's yes all women all women have experienced either sexual assault being fearful of sexual assault they have been molested verbally sexually assaulted touched in some way that was unwanted all women all women all women so don't say not all men because i'm going to counter that with yes all women and it is absolutely true and we it all is have absolutely true and, yeah. I, and i have my stories i have my story from being groped when i was a kid unwanted when i was 12 years old i have my story we all have our stories yeah right guys you know i love y'all whoever you are out there except for that kyle guy i don't love you but <laughs> all of our guy listeners i love y'all but you do not know what it's like to live as a woman in this world. Right. And the nine-year-old that gets groped or molested, is she drunk or being too sexy? Yeah. She wore a short skirt. What was she wearing? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So this is a universal issue that women have to deal with. And of course, every woman knows, like those stupid ass checklists, every woman knows the danger that's out there. but sometimes you don't even have to be doing those things on the checklist and you and you still get attacked of course so it's not related to that just like your hotness doesn't make you more rapeable but the so. thing is, we've talked about this before you know in, in terms of of violence against women is you educate women you do drop violence rates a little you educate boys you drop the violence rates against women by a lot a lot I do really think that, especially when it comes to interpersonal sexual violence against women, that there is still that myth out there of, well, her eyes say yes, even though she says no, or whatever, of no doesn't really mean no, or she didn't say no. Well, dudes, she shouldn't have to say no. Wait for the yes. Wait for her to give you permission to move on. Don't just say, oh, she didn't say no. That means it was consensual because no, because when faced with violence the the most common reaction is to freeze it's not to fight back or shove or say no or kick or whatever and so oh well she froze and didn't say no doesn't mean it was consensual so to educate boys as to what is consent is the key and there are so many programs and studies that have shown that to be true all over the world including the u.s there's all kinds of programs from junior high all through college of what is consent and teaching boys is one way to prevent it. I think sometimes it's just luck that it didn't happen to you. You know, I, I can think of so many examples yes. all the time of women that think a guy is their friend. I told you an example of the woman that went out with her best friend and he roofied her at the restaurant. So you think you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. Um, and and even if you want to take the like, church standpoint and go well if you're right with god and you're not doing bad stuff then like drinking and consorting at bars and all that then how do you explain the women that get raped in their churches <laughs> by church members thank you so, or by the priest or, or by, by the, the priest or yeah. whatever so yeah. so i also think that people and this goes back to the voluntary drunkenness loophole that exists oh. in a lot of states that if a woman gets drunk of her own volition that she's free game to rape then it's like a tax loophole or any other loophole right it may not be ethical 
but according to the law, it's legal, right? Right, right. There's plenty of people that look to culture and government and standards set by other people as their moral compass. Right. Um, I just, you know, to bring it back around to the movie, I really don't get how you would have seen that movie and go, well, she consented because she was asleep. Like, oh. suppose, suppose she wasn't drunk. Suppose she just took a sleeping pill because she's insomniac and he rapes her. Like, what point is it that he has to leave her alone legally? Well, I think that a lot of people would say this is horrible. They shouldn't have done that. But she shouldn't have been at that party. She shouldn't have been drinking. This is what points to the problem for me, which is why is it on her? And why isn't it on him to leave her the fuck alone? Leave her alone. Just leave her alone. It's actually not that difficult. A lot of guys do it. My husband right now, he's in the other room. He's not raping anybody. Look at him. Like, fucking behave yourself, dude. Yeah. I would say if you watch A Promising Young Woman and you dislike it because you think it's attacking men, then you need to look inward because that movie is not attacking men. It has nothing to do with men at all. Nope. It's not a sad cry for feminists or anything like that. It's a sad revelation of the reality that women have to live with on a daily basis. And that's not an assault against men. I have no problem admitting that majority of men are not rapists, but this is still a problem. And the few people that are doing it are being protected by the silent people. Yeah, I agree. And that's the whole point of the title of the movie, Promising Young Woman. He's got such a promising future. He's such a great guy. He's so handsome. He's this, he's that. So we allow him to behave in a certain way. And until we stop that, this is always going to be a problem in our society. Yes. But then, I mean, now we've stumbled into the powerful keep the power. Right, right. I mean, there's so many other issues. Of course, of course. I mean, this is a rabbit hole for sure. But I do think that was one thing that I really enjoyed about the movie, if I could point out, was that they kept the argument tight. I did like that. Okay. That, because I, I, that. I do. So if it helps to start with don't rape a drunk person, let's start with that. That's true. Let's and then, start with that. Can we all agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we disagree that if she's passed out, leave her the fuck alone? Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. it can get murky when you try to be too broad. Instead, let's find areas where we agree and start nailing those down. The murky areas are almost always the exception to the rule, right? I think that the exceptions are the ones that everyone's focusing on, not the reality. So let's focus on stuff that we all agree on. Yeah. Is it okay for me to draw a penis on your head when you're uh, passed out, drunk? No. No. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up. Why wouldn't you just draw a vagina on my head? Why does it have to be a penis? Why is it always about men? Well, I could just make your whole face a big vagina. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't get, I don't think I ever was the pass out drunk girl. I think I was the one who just like stayed up until the end of time. So it was never my bit. 
You have to drink a lot. I'm not bragging. <laughs> I was probably an entire shit show. Like you can't even imagine back then, but I think I just puke a lot. I don't think I ever necessarily pass out. I've seen you puke a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't think, <laughs> I mean, would you want to rape me after I puked? <laughs> yes. It's very, very sexual. <laughs> when Marie pukes, it's so erotic. I have to fuck her, even though she doesn't know I'm there. Yeah. Am I going to find oh. videos of you? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. You know, I felt funny after that Montana trip, and I thought I, I smelled you in my room. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have passed out, Marie, and then I wouldn't have had to rape you. Mm. We're ready to wrap this up. Yeah, we can wrap it up. How are we going to wrap this up? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I thought I did wrap it up. I was making jokes about drawing vaginas on your faces. And so, um, all right. So don't go to our website, fearthispodcast.com. Don't give us five stars and don't give us any reviews. I'm doing reverse no. psychology. Maybe that'll work, right? Yeah, exactly. Don't look at the special content because it'll fuck you up. <laughs> it's not going to change your life. It's going to make you fucking nuts yeah <laughs> all right hopefully hopefully we haven't scared you off i know god bless us forgive us forgive us yeah. for everything we fucking yeah. said we'll do something know next episode will be something light like i don't yes. know let's do something funny like murder okay yes yeah, so, <laughs> dismemberment uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.